0: Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, DC Lundberg. Well, that sure was an interesting few days. Baseball's on hiatus, curling world championships canceled, not postponed, not delayed, canceled. (sighs) Anyways, this is Locked On Mariners. We're not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're staying right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners, and follow me on Twitter as well at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, if you're scoring at home gang we have a special week of shows coming up for you right here on locked on mariners and across the entire mlb family of locked on podcasts every day this week we will have a crossover episode with another show from the american league west today is a conversation that i had with jason burke of locked on a's ladies and gentlemen here it is
1: how's it going dc it's going great how are you jason I'm doing very well. Uh, A little bit bummed about, you know, the season being delayed, but obviously it's the right call. So, uh, you know, we we just uh, wait for the news to roll in and go from there, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, baseball will come back. What I'm really disappointed about is the World Curling Championships, both men's and women's, have been canceled. Not postponed, they've been canceled.
1: I did see somebody uh, saying not all sports have been canceled, and then they had a Roomba and uh, they were just like doing like a Swiffer in front of it and it, it made me giggle so. <laughs> that's <laughs> is, I, a fix. and you have a Roomba you're set buddy
0: well the other part of it is my uh, friend and I signed up for a learn to curl class which was supposed to be this afternoon and that got cancelled too That's no fun. No, but hopefully they will reschedule them instead of just canceling those outright. But uh, we're talking about curling. We're not here to talk about curling. You're the host of Locked On A's. I'm the host of Locked On Mariners. We got to talk baseball, don't we? I
1: I mean, I guess unless you got more curling stuff, I do not know anything about. I I know how curling works. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, I most I basically learn who the people are in curling when I watch like the Olympics or something because it's a very fascinating game. I thoroughly enjoy it
0: I really but, got uh, into it during the Olympics last year yeah and I, and I never let go um, for those who get the Olympic channel if you 've got some sort of advanced uh, cable or satellite package, they show the world championships and it's really fascinating to watch if if you can get into it if you 've got the time. I can understand how it might be kind of tough to access on the surface though.
1: I just like all the yelling that goes on uh, in in the background. And you don't know if it's like in the game that you're watching or if it's in the one next door. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In the other lanes. Are they lanes? I don't know.
0: They're called sheets.
1: Uh, They're sheets. Ooh, I like that. That that Mm -hmm. sounds (laughs) nice.
0: Seeing it live is something else because it's even harder to keep track. Because there's yelling going on all over the place, and sometimes you can tell where it's coming from, but it is so much fun to watch live because it's kind of, in a way, it's kind of controlled chaos with five games going on at the same time, which is something I'd never seen before because I'm used to baseball where there's just one game going on, or, you know, a a bowling championship where there's just the one game going on in the finals, that is. I know that there can be 30 going on during the week, but I've never seen that before.
1: Yeah. So curling is fun.
0: Yes, it's very fun. I love (laughs) it. <laughs> so it, you always, it always it always gets back around to that, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> I've used up all of my curling knowledge.
0: That is okay. Your yeah. team's going to have a better season this year than than the Mariners are. So you know you can talk about baseball, and I'll talk about curling for the rest of the program. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. You want to? I don't know anything about curling, so I'm like, oh, who would be like the curling people's Matt Chapman? I don't. Hmm. Star Gold Glover. I, I don't know anything about who is involved
0: in curling. That's okay. I don't even know if they're really equivalent. I don't know if I could come up with an equivalent. And I do know the, the different curlers.
1: Defensive curls? Are there defensive people, or is it just like, uh, I I toss them real well and that's how it works?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's kind of tough to explain, because the whole team... It kind of depends on how a particular match is going. If you want to play defensively, or if you want to play offensively and try and, and try to score, it, w- it would take far too long to explain really on this program.
1: I, I know like how it works, but I know that there's got to be you know some uh, momentum that goes behind the uh, I forget what the name of the ball is now.
0: It's just um, just a curling stone.
1: Oh, but the stone—that's right, the yeah. stone. Because uh, you got to do it with some sort of velocity uh, and you want to do it with less velocity if it 's closer or if you 're you know trying to play defense and you know set it up or if you 're trying to knock something out you want to do it with more velocity Correct. Uh, so I that stuff but i don 't know you know more than that
0: that that i don 't know the strategy that goes into it yet um so on that front you you actually sound like you know quite a bit quite honestly I, I have watched a few hours of curling. Very and good.
1: learning a sport, I'm like, oh, I need to know everything about this right now. Yeah. And if I can't follow it, then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to keep watching this. So I'm at least able to follow curling a decent amount.
0: Well, that's good. That's more than most people can say. <laughs> at the, I, I attended the national championships because they happened to be in a city 20 minutes away from me this year. Uh, that's about a month ago, actually. I had the time of my life, and I, I, I took a friend with me who had never really watched curling before, had no idea what was going on. They had learned to curl ambassadors throughout the stands where you could go ask questions to these people, what's going on on the ice, what, what are they doing, how is it scored, and she is now the biggest curling fan next to me that I know. She got into it so much. It was, it, was, it was really cool.
1: Is curling on TV like generally, or is it just on the Olympic channel?
0: It's pretty much just on the Olympic Channel or NBC Sports Network has Curling Night in America on Fridays the first okay. few weeks of the season. Curling season is pretty much over at this point. It runs kind of uh it's just a winter sport. But couldn't
1: it be all the time since it's indoors?
0: You would think so, and I would hope so. But uh generally um generally just winter. Um also I don't know if there's really such a thing as a professional curler. These people generally have day jobs that they attend because they're not really paid for it. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. that makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you kind of show up to the qualifiers and be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a curling champion this year, <laughs> hopefully. Uh,
0: there's, there is some of that. I mean, the, the United States has a junior program and what they call a high-performance program that people and that you can apply for and your teams can apply for but there are teams out there I believe who can just qualify for the championship without being a part of that program there's actually a group of former NFL players Mark Bulger is involved with this who have a curling team now and they tried to qualify for the national championships and they just missed
1: which one was Mark Bulger? I'm thinking uh Mark Brunel and I'm like nope he's the lefty quarterback from the Jaguars in the 90s.
0: Mark uh, Bulger is the uh, quarterback for the St. Louis Rams who took over for Kurt Warner when he got injured.
1: That's the one. Okay, yep. gotcha. I'm following. So before we started recording, you were like, hey, let's just have an organic conversation. I'm pretty sure you had curling <laughs> in your back pocket this entire time, and you're like, no, no, we're going to do 20 minutes <laughs> on curling.
0: <laughs> I swear to goodness, no, I didn't. It's just kind of the way it happened. I, that's, I could just go off on a subject. If, if somebody brings something up, or if I even if I bring something up by accident, I just go off on it just because I know a lot about it. That's all.
1: I do this at work all the time, but it's usually about baseball. Where it's you know somebody will have like a, a tiger's hat on. I'm like, hey, you want to talk about some tiger stuff? And they're like, I, I just like the hat. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> walk away now. I guess. I, I, I
0: get I get the same. Baseball and music were the two other ones that I could really go off on, especially at work.
1: Especially because, you know, we have the baseball podcast, so we're a little bit more plugged in than, like, casual fans and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like our knowledge base is a little bit deeper sometimes than just people that go into, you know, for me, a restaurant, and uh, are just like, oh, I got this hat. I'm like, oh, you want to talk about this? And uh, they're like, no, that's fine. I'm like, Okay. <laughs>
0: When I um I used to live in this in the Seattle area, and when I found out, or when I, not when I found out, but when I chose to move to Spokane, I got myself an Indians hat and some Spokane Indians gear, and I started wearing it to work, and I and I would get a lot of questions on it, and uh, was a, that was a great conversation starter because people were genuinely curious about it.
1: I uh I got a Baltimore Orioles hat, you know the one with the just the Orioles face because uh, I like the hat, and yeah. I wear it in the off season, and people would be like, hey, go Orioles! I'm like what hat am I wearing today? What's going on? <laughs> I got people yelling at me. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes sense. Um, so, oh, there goes the rice.
0: Oh, there goes the rice. That actually seems like a perfect time to take a break then, doesn't it? We should take a break. Hey, do you know that we have a great sponsor this week? Oh, we do. I think we should talk about them, shouldn't we? We should. Ladies and gentlemen, do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called With Ings. Produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rates with Ing's Body Plus the best overall smart scale 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is the key, but so is having the right tools. With Ings Smart Scales are known for durability and an exceptionally user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of Smart Scales don't have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But With Ings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get
1: 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at Withings.com for a very limited time. Go to Withings.com, dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition scale. That's withings.com backslash MLB to get twenty-five percent off body plus body composition scale.
0: And one other piece of information going into our break. I've got a trivia question that'll interest both your audience and mine. Let's do it. Let's do it. On June 24th, 1997, in the Kingdom, Randy Johnson struck out 19 Oakland athletics, but still lost four to one. In the fifth inning of this game, which Oakland Athletic hit the longest home run in Kingdom history?
1: Mark friggin' McGuire.
0: Well, I guess I don't have to think about it over the break because you've got the right answer. <laughs> I
1: do remember that.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back right after the break. Stay tuned.
1: And welcome back to the A's and Mariners uh, combination episode, where we talk about curling nonstop. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am noted baseball fan Jason Burke, joined by DC Lundberg of uh, Locked On Mariners. He's a good guy. I'm a good guy. We're having a good podcast, and uh, we're going to actually talk about baseball this time. So uh, I heard that you have a A's question that you would like to ask me. So please feel free, DC.
0: Sure. The one player that impressed me the most last season wasn't necessarily Matt Chapman or anybody like that. It was Marcus Simeon. When I first saw him play when he came up to the major leagues, he was such a terrible defender that I thought to myself, well, he can hit, but there's no way he's going to be able to play shortstop. They're going to have to move him to first base, try him in left field, or maybe just a DH or something like that. Last season, not only did he obviously work on his defense, but he became a pretty good shortstop. And it just kind of seemed to happen overnight. Was I completely oblivious to this transformation, or or, or was it more gradual?
1: It was a little more gradual than that, but I mean, last season was obviously the breakout uh, performance for him. Mm-hmm. Um, his defense has been getting better and better uh, for a couple of years there. He was working with uh, Ron Washington uh, after he left Texas, and he came back as a coach and uh for the A's worked he worked a lot with Marcus Semyon and he was and Semyon was putting in the work, putting in his time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he just put it all together last season. Um whether or not that's the new normal for him, I don't know. Um if he puts up a season like that again in twenty twenty, uh we could probably kiss him goodbye because he's gonna be worth so much money. <laughs> but uh you know it, good for him though he, he's a local kid and i know that he wants to stay with the a's so we'll see what he can do but uh you know that's just hard work and dedication on marcus emion's part and you know you were right uh he was not great at defense when he came up <laughs> and uh now he is he's very, he was a gold glove defender too so i mean not he didn't win but he was nominated of that caliber um, for sure yes oh yeah he was in the top three of vote-getters. And when, whenever I say nominated on my podcast for one of these things, I'm like, I mean, everybody's technically nominated. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he, was a, he was a finalist. So let's go with that.
0: That's, yeah, that, that's what the term is. I, I, I was very happy to see it. Whenever I kind of bag on a player like, like they're not going to be able to do this, they're not going to be able to do that, I love being proved wrong and especially through hard work and dedication, which is how Simeon did it. He's one of my favorite players on the A's now because of that. Matt Chapman is just such a solid defender. He is so much fun to watch. Oh,
1: he is hands down my favorite player to watch. And I I said it on one of my podcasts a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I think he wins the MVP this year.
0: You think he's the MVP MVP this year?
1: I think so. If if he can do just a little bit more on offense, Mm -hmm. and he is, you know, a very dedicated individual. He said late last season, after he'd been struggling for like a month, he's like, "This is going to be my worst season ever." And I've said that a few times now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is just knows the grindstone. I want to be the best that I can be. And his defense is already great. If he could put up, you know, a little bit better uh, offensive stats, you know, maybe hit two seventy, two eighty. I don't know. Mm-hmm. With uh, you know, five homers or something like that. That's not a huge uh, you know gap that he has to clear to get to that either. It's just slight upgrades from there. Yeah. Oh, and he's already been. Fin- I think he finished seventh last year, so he's already doing it, even though he's hitting like two fifty and whatnot. So yeah, uh, not a lot of upgrades that need to be done to Matt Chapman. So I'm happy about that.
0: Absolutely. Ramon Laureano is the other fun defender. That you, you guys have some good defensive players, but uh, Ramon Laureano is really the other one that I enjoy watching playing on defense. That is.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he harkens back I mean, all the way back to 2012 and you know 2013. <laughs> with that assessment, that arm, oh man, mm-hmm. those, those are you. You see somebody try to tag up. I'm like, oh, do it, do it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, that, that sucks. Okay, well, that, oh well. You know no, he's a lot of fun, and I mean, he can put it together on offense, or you know, just stay healthy for the whole year because he hit fairly well you know, when he was healthy and all that. Yeah. Uh, so he could be another big contributor if he plays a full season, however long the season happens to be this year.
0: And center um, field is a less offensive position position pardon me than, than third base is. So I would ac- you know the, the offense that he produced last season I would accept that from an exceptional defensive center fielder.
1: Oh definitely. I mean I think that Ramon Laureano is kind of what the Twins are hoping Byron Buxton turns into.
0: Yeah. I'm not and sure that's going to happen but
1: uh, yeah. Oh well, he keeps getting hurt though that poor guy.
0: I, I, know. I Byron
1: Buxton I love watching him play the events too.
0: He's fun, but he can't, see, you're right, he cannot seem to stay healthy.
1: Yeah, and when he does, you know, put it together in little spurts, then he gets hurt.
0: <sighs> I know. It always seems to happen at the worst times. Yeah, Like there's a good time to get injured, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, staying in the outfield, though, uh, Kyle Lewis came up, and he, he put up some numbers in, you know, like 18 games last year for the Mariners. Uh, what's the expectation for him? I know that he was a highly touted prospect, and uh, he, he got hurt a little bit, and it, it felt like he was rushed from the outside um just because he was finally healthy and you know all of a sudden in the majors but uh what's the expectation for him in 2020
0: The expectation for him he I, he's going to play every day pretty much at least i th- he's going to be i believe the everyday right fielder he might be in right field because Mitch Haniger is now hurt and nobody knows when he's going to come back I believe he hit 268 when he uh, in his cup of coffee last September I don't know if he's going to continue to hit at 268, maybe 250 to 260, and the home run power that he showed, I believe, was an anomaly because he had never shown that type of power in the minors before. But then again, he peaked out. Before, I shouldn't say peaked out, but he was at Double A last season, where they're not using the same baseball as Major League Baseball, and everybody showed more home run power <laughs> than than normal. But he's, yes. I think, he's going to be a good doubles player, or doubles hitter, rather. And he'll turn in solid defense as a corner. He came up as a center fielder. I don't think he's quite got the range to play center fielder, but he will be a more than adequate corner. And I think he's here to stay. I think, I think he's the real deal.
1: All right. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him play a little bit when, you know, the A's and Mariners get together. Yeah, uh, it'll be fun. I, I also want to know a little bit more about Julio Rodriguez and Jared Uh What are their tool sets like? And uh, when, when can we expect to see them in Seattle?
0: I think Julio Rodriguez is a bit farther away than uh, Kelnick is at this point. Rodriguez had a pretty poor spring training, for what it's worth, because we're probably going to have another spring training here coming up in a, in a few weeks, or in a several weeks, but um, he's 19 years old. He's, I don't think he's as close to the majors as I thought he was a few weeks ago. I originally thought that he may be a September call-up next season. I think 2022 is more likely for him. He's going to hit. He's going to play solid defense. I don't know if he's going to be a center fielder or a corner, but he's going to hit, and he, and he brings kind of some swag too, which is nice. And Kelnick has a very similar skill set. He's a left-handed hitter. He's going to be a good line drive hitter, I think, and I, I think he probably also projects to be a corner, but he could play a pretty decent center field. And he might be ready mid-season this year or maybe as a September call-up, but at the same time, I am not of the school of rushing players to the major leagues before they're ready. I know some players can can make the jump very easily from A to the major leagues. Juan Soto is the most obvious example that I can think of, but it's a risk to do that. And... You know, keep them in the minors a few months longer than you think that they maybe need to until they prove you wrong, until they prove, hey, I need to be at the show right now. So it's, it's kind of up to them. I don't think neither of them are ready right now. They're both going to start the season in the minors. I think Rodriguez may be in advanced A Modesto and Kelmick probably in double A Arkansas. But that, that's a guess.
1: I, I mean, just that outfield trio is something that's going to be keeping my interest for many years now. Yes. Uh, yeah. for, for the Meredith, it, it'll be fun. It's Make- um, breakout guys that might you know break out in 2020 cuz I know that it's a young roster and you're going to be seeing you know what guys can do and all that and-
0: well <laughs> I will say Evan White the uh, first baseman who has never played major league baseball he's never played above double A ball before the Mariners still thought enough of him to give him a 6-year major league contract he's the starting first baseman he's had a pretty good spring I'm very curious to see what he can do at the major league level on a full-time basis. He's a potential breakout guy, as Kyle Lewis is too, um, because they both have their rookie status still. So those those are the two really that that I'm looking at as far as breakout candidates. And I will also add somebody on the pitching side who I have complained about on this show a lot, but my opinion of him is changing, and that's Justice Sheffield. What I didn't like about him was the lack of control. He'd walked too many hitters in the minor leagues before. However, this spring, his control seems to have improved. He's also not throwing the four-seam fastball anymore. He's gone to a two-seam fastball that has much more movement to it and is befuddling hitters a little bit more. So he might be a great breakout candidate.
1: Excellent use of the word befuddling.
0: Um. Uh,
1: another pitcher that got some uh, some play in spring training was uh, Yusei Kikuchi. He added some velocity. You think it's going to hold up, or did, was that just one start and then I didn't hear anything else about it?
0: The velocity has kept up for Kikuchi throughout spring training. He got kind of he got he got away from his natural delivery last season, and over the off season and during spring, he had been working to quote simplify things end quote according to an article that I read and get back to his natural delivery. The velocity has. Uh, he's been consistently around 93 to 96 depending you know on the day which is certainly an improvement over last year the thing about Kikuchi though is he gave up too many home runs last season and his control was not very good especially in the second half and his control this spring training also has not been the best that kind of worries me a little bit
1: I could see that for sure um it'd be nice if you know they got some thinking and whatnot there they have enough pieces where they're going to be an interesting team. Uh, I mean, for me, I like the A's, obviously. Yeah. But also, like, uh, teams that are on the rebuild or, you know, have some, something interesting about them, like the Padres for the last couple of years. The Tigers are going to be interesting because they got a bunch of young outfielders. comes mm-hmm. uh, when you like fantasy baseball, too. Um, so, yeah, just... just little guys here and there, and the the Mariners got some pieces that I'll be keeping my eye on for sure.
0: I think the bats are a little bit ahead of the pitchers right now in terms of prospects. There are a couple more pitchers who are a little bit farther away that I don't have time to get into today, but um, I'll just say that Logan Gilbert and George Kirby are the two names um, that I'm sure that the the Locked On Mariners audience knows about, but if you're a Locked On A's listener, please look into those two gentlemen, because they are going to be pretty good Major League pitchers once the time comes. They're a couple years away, though that
1: sounds good I, i'm gonna definitely uh plug them into the google machine and uh do all that stuff it'll
0: be fun all right yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. Uh, just about I, out of time i believe i, I think we are yes <laughs> we are where can they find you in spokane oh, yeah. no on twitter they can find me at dc <laughs> underscore lundberg right. l-u-n-d-b-e-r-g if you're scoring at home and my show's uh twitter address is at l-o underscore mariners same question to you sir
1: I am at By Jason B on Twitter, and uh, you can find the show at LockedOnA's. And if you have any questions for us, you can email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com.
0: And if you have and any questions for me, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. That goes for both audiences. I want to hear from both of you.
1: Yeah, we have mailbags every week or so, and uh, if, if a Mariners fan has a question, I will definitely answer that.
0: I'll take all baseball questions. I'll take all questions, period. If you've listened to my mailbag segments before, ladies and gentlemen, not every question has to do with baseball. Send in silly questions, opinion questions. I don't care what they are, just as long as they're family friendly, please.
1: And also, uh, curling questions should be directed to DC, not me.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you very yeah. much. Jason, good to talk to you. You too, ma'am. Always fun to talk to Jason. I'm looking forward to the A's-Mariners matchups throughout the season so Jason can come back on the show and I can go on his show. We can talk a little bit more baseball. That's today's crossover. Hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow will be a crossover with Locked on Astros. Please download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, whichever podcasting app you personally care to use. Download, rate, and subscribe to Locked on A's while you're at it. Also, ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners, Locked on A's, Locked on anything. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jason Burke. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Fantasy Baseball upon the conclusion of this podcast. We will see you right back here tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Have a fantastic day. This is Joey Martin saying join us back here next time for another edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.